Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back <laughs> into the Buster Show brought to you by Playland. We have a world-class, mm-hmm. top of the top yeah. level comedian. My favorite. Yeah. <laughs> you put those words in my mouth, but I'm cool with it yeah. because it's Kyle Pennon here on the show. Thanks for having me, Buster. This is going to be fun. So we're actually recording this the day of Halloween, yeah. October 31st. Are you going to be partaking in any of these Halloween festivities? Uh, not at all. I don't participate in these devil holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised too Christian to ever celebrate Halloween. Like, gotcha. it, it was just beaten into me. I've never had a Halloween costume until I was like maybe 24. What, what did you dress as at uh, age 24? Props. Like one of my guys was into shooting movies and stuff, and we just took like props from his war movie and went out as a group. That's genius. Yeah. <laughs> genius. So you were telling me before you spent this morning photoshopping a costume onto yourself? Well, no, nah, I wore it. Oh. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Future Trunks. When Trunks comes back from the future, kills Frieza when everybody's freaking out. I got that costume to film in, and then I took a picture, and I stuck at Photoshop, which is crazy because people used to pay me to do Photoshop for them, <laughs> and I still suck at it. But I might post it today. That's hilarious. So I think a good way to kind of give context on how we know each other, we used to host a show together for a sports media company that I like. It's called Overtime. Uh Um, They're based out of Brooklyn. I must have been 17 at the time. I was commuting from Connecticut to New York, but we had a show together. It was called Take That L. It was a Facebook live show. Which is ridiculous. Which is (laughs) ridiculous. The only Facebook live show that has ever happened in the history of the world. But the concept of this show was that we were just debating topics and there was like this theoretical war going on through the comment section. It was like an ignorant version of First Take. Right, it was a black guy and a white guy, and you would say like sensible things, and then my job was to say the <laughs> furthest from reality, wildest thing that came to my mind, and then I got emails from everybody like you can't, you can't talk about these things. Yeah, that was crazy. I would, I would literally give my honest thoughts yeah. as like somebody that actually tries to be an analyst. Like yeah. somebody asked me who's the greatest of all time, I would give. I would drop statistics. I would drop, you know, thoughts from people I've spoken to in the media landscape and yeah. players' standpoints. And then you would come in and say something that would get emails from the entire company, <laughs> red flags, people, people going to see HR. <laughs> I stand by that statement, even though I have like a practical solution. My mm. practical solution would be lower the rim, shorten the court. I agree. I've never heard shorten the court before, though. That's interesting. Because you want that up and down. Right. And since you can't run a 4-4, four, four, why don't you make it? Because you already give them a smaller ball. Right. And a closer three-point line. Yeah, so I don't understand why it's insane to be like, well, maybe we should lower the rim. Maybe we should just make the court maybe three feet shorter. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I think everything should be proportional in all sports, yeah. too. Like, there's some sport. Like, I mean, soccer's fine. Tennis is fine. Like those sports, I love the women's version of it. Like, I mean, I prefer it actually. Yeah, obviously gymnastics too. Women are far superior to men. I don't even know if that's true because I just don't watch male gymnastics. <laughs> like, and that's why every now and then Black Twitter updates me on Simone Biles, and then from there I don't know what's going on in the world of gymnastics. What explain to me your activity on Black Twitter? Uh, as of right now. I just get like for those listening at home that don't know what that is. Oh, black Twitter. Black Twitter is the best part of Twitter. It's like, for example, we both see a picture of a dog like mainstream Twitter is going to be like, oh, hard eyes, hard eyes, hard eyes, hard eyes. And then black Twitter is going to be like, 
the dog is eyes are wide. It's a golden retriever, and then it's gonna be like uh, when your daughter brings a black lab home. Like that's the difference between everything else in Black Twitter. Black Twitter is just a little bit more edgy, and in my opinion, it's the best form of entertainment that's free. I remember there were uh, there were a couple of times on the show that we did take that out where. Uh-huh. The loser, which was decided by likes and hearts, yeah, <laughs> which the is nobodies who were watching, <laughs> hilarious. And then at the end, uh, there were a couple times where I had to eat like sriracha Oreos, I yeah, if like I remember wasabi correctly, like on wasabi yeah. on top of like crackers and stuff. Yeah, what a terrible idea! <laughs> well, also it was your idea, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst part. What a terrible idea by me. Because they just gave me full reins to kind of come up with the creative behind <laughs> it. And at age 16, that's what you got. Well, I mean, they were like, you Shri know Racha Oreos. He's boosted our engagement. I think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and there you Which have is it. so funny. And then fast forward and, uh, yeah, we're just eating like wasabi Oreos. Yeah. Just throwing up off stage. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, that was a mess. I don't know how it lasted for a really long time. You know, it's crazy. Like right before they stopped making it, <laughs> we literally had a conversation. It was like, why is this show still on? <laughs> why do they keep paying us to make this? And then it was probably like a week after they were like, this doesn't even make sense. We gotta. You understand, right? All right, here's, here's a box of cookies. You guys go home that's forever. Literally, <laughs> that's literally what happened. They gave us a box of cookies and said, we're they never doing this They didn't give again. us a box of cookies. They left out a box of cookies <laughs> if we wanted one. And then I remember that last show, because they had bought in a new uh, guy to oversee content. and Who that, hated me. Yeah. <laughs> and he would always afterwards be like, Kyle, ah. Yeah. And so I started like <laughs> the be- funny thing is he would always tell me I did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and then me was like, you need to learn to self-censor. <laughs> so then towards the end of it, when I realized like, oh, this is our last show, they didn't even give us a warning. It was like we walked in. He called me on my way to the elevator and he was like, just so you know, this is over. Never again. And so then I was like Wait, I don't even remember. Did they tell us before or after the show? Before. They definitely told us before. I would have rather them told us after. It would have been a better show for them. Because right. I remember I went wild as hell. <laughs> like Once I realized this was our last show, I said all the shit they never wanted us to say. Like I was just like, I, what are you, you going to do, cancel my show? <laughs> <laughs> but then you got another gig with them That's true. doing the Snapchat. <laughs> so it couldn't have been that bad. Well, then they were like, you know what? You're pretty witty. <laughs> Well, what did the Snapchat people have to say about honestly, your sense or lack of censorship? Uh, my Twitter's private now. <laughs> that was like part of the agreement. My Twitter's private. Really? Yeah. That was part of it. But I can see it. Like the crazy thing is. Well, you can see it because you run the account. What do you mean you can well, see no, it? Well, I mean like I can understand it. Oh. And the reason I can understand it is because my Twitter came out. Like I made a Twitter when I was like 17, 18. And, and you don't feel like going back and deleting stuff. I don't. You're I don't want to delete it. And some of a million old. dollars is on the table for you to go back and delete your tweets. You're like, why? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Like the only people connected to it are my friends. I only have like 150 followers, something like that. Like these are people I personally know. I don't care. They're not leaking your tweets. Exactly. <laughs> and so then it's like, like at at the age of 17, 18, I didn't know that I wanted to be a stand up comedian, mm-hmm. but I had the heart of one, the passion of one. And because, what does that mean? So it's just like, like, just like feeling free to say whatever it is that I want to say, it. whether it's right or wrong. 
And this is what you get when you see like the greatest comedian of all time and you watch a special. You don't see all the mistakes and missteps he has to take in front of crowds before he gets to special level. Right. And so that's where I was, where it was just like I was doing all those mistakes and mishaps. Publicly on social media. Basically. So I see them there and it's like I understand the intent of it, but it's just not distilled the right way. Mm. So I'm confident like making it. Help me out, bro. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I hear that. You mentioned greatest comedian of all time. Who do you think that is? Oh, Dave Chappelle. Why is that? Hands down. First, I think we're all the children of the guy who came before us, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Chappelle, he's probably a child of, like, Chris Rock. Chris Rock's a child of Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's a child of Richard Pryor. So, like, you know what I mean? In secession, Richard Pryor's a child of Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? And then somewhere along the line, you have your uncles, like a Red Fox, the guys who were popping but weren't the guy. Where does Jerry fit on that list? Jerry Seinfeld, he's... In the era of, he's probably like a father of Chris Rock, but I wouldn't say he influenced Chris Rock's comedy to the level of the person who's your father. Like, I have a lot of influences, but nobody could ever say they influenced me more than Dave Chappelle because he's the reason I do stand-up. I saw him live one day yeah. and decided, like, oh, I have to do this. Like, right. while he's performing, I got, like, chills, and I was like, I got to try this. And now I don't have a job. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, just Dave Chappelle. T- yeah, I just write and tell jokes, man. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, where is Does Kevin Hart then follow Chappelle on that? Yeah, but see, some people might say like he's the father of this generation, right? But I would Who, never. Kevin? Like the social media generation, I would mm-hmm. say it's probably Kevin Hart. There's nobody bigger or more famous than him. He's the most famous comedian ever, right? I don't know. Because that's, that's like, I hate when people say ever, like greatest of all time. Like we can do that in like a basketball Fame conversation. Fame is different than like great though. Yeah, but I just mean, like, whenever you say, like, all-time anything, it's weird because we don't know. Right. We know, like, what's well, been... Well, it's just because of how subjective it is. Because, like, is Kevin Hart more popular than Charlie Champlin? Does more percentage of the world know Kevin Hart now than they did when it was only three things to watch? Right. It's hard to say, man. Yeah, man. There was no Instagram when Charlie Chaplin exactly. was doing... <laughs> And, he's, and everyone knew and still knows his name. Yeah, I mean, I was named after a silent film actor who was a comedian, Buster Keaton. That's crazy. So, like, I'm sure he was, like, like if he was around today, he'd probably have, like, 50 mil on IG, you know, some yeah. crazy shit. <laughs> and <laughs> he'd 12 babies named after him. <laughs> that is wild, man. That's but yeah, the his, freest his name, thing I've ever heard. His name wasn't actually Buster, though. Like, none of these dudes. You got somebody's nickname? Harry Houdini named Buster Keaton Buster. So you're because he felt Houdini out named you technically. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My That's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a stretch. But like, yeah, literally every Buster on like TV, like Buster Posey who plays for the Giants. Yeah. Like his name is Gerald. Um, <laughs> Buster Buster Olney, who's a ESPN broadcaster and, and analyst, his name isn't Buster. Like that's my real name, so I will take like, pride in that. You have like an encyclopedic knowledge of guys with this one name that shouldn't exist. Yeah, because there aren't that many. Yeah, it's just if you there were only a, ten people named Kyle, you would know them all too. I know every famous person named Kyle. I Google them regularly, and I have a goal to like be better than all of them. <laughs> you want to destroy the Kyles? Well, I just want to be like on some Highlander, like one to rule them all, like. <laughs> I want to be that guy because I want to. I mean, you Google for, superior to the Kyle. Think about Who's it. Who's the number one Kyle right now? Uh, I don't honestly. It might be this uh, rapper named Super Duper Kyle. He's big. Yeah, he's big. He's, he's not huge. He's not Drake. 
He's not he's definitely not saying, Drake. Like, all my goals are attainable. That's <laughs> if you were like, if you were like, yeah, my name is Aubrey. I'm like, it's gonna be a tricky one. Right? <laughs> like you <laughs> like said, super duper Kyle. <laughs> it's doable. Yeah, great artist though. I, really, I like his music. Yeah. Um. So where are your goals now? Like, what do you what do you want to do? Do you want to um, be Dave Chappelle? I don't want to be Dave Chappelle, but I do. My my immediate goal is in five years, I want to be able to tour on my own name. And I want to have a legitimate appearance on someone's network. I don't know which one, like streaming service, whatever. I actually. What been, do you mean by appearance? Like, I want to show up. You'd be like, oh, that's Kyle. And I'm not the guy like, here's your coffee. And I walk away. Like, I want to <laughs> be like, hey, I have words that you care about. And I might even like if they Wikipedia this episode, they got to put like played by Kyle Pennant. Was it? You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I need that. And it's weird because. I almost don't even think I I want, like I don't I shouldn't want any of it. What do you mean? Like I shouldn't want a TV appearance or any of these things. Why not? Because even now I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be well known. That's the reason why I'm not like posting constantly, why not? no matter what. It's just not. If a you want to tour, though, don't it's those a two conundrum, things go bro. Hand in hand? I live in a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conundrum, bro. <laughs> I'm talking like Ti now. <laughs> Just talks in only four syllable words. Yeah, I am perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> the situation I found my, but it's very, it's very like antithetical to the way I perceive myself. And that I just like to be low key. I don't want all the attention. I don't want any of that. But I need that. Like <laughs> I need that so bad because there's no other way people are gonna buy your tickets. There's no other way people are gonna follow you and. Following you gets you into venues. Following you gets you into everywhere you could want to go. Unless you did something like a show. Unless. And that just helps you skip the line. But even then, to get the show, like I've been in meetings yeah. with legitimate networks. It's and a lot. You, they ask you like stupid shit you would never ask. Like, What's the weirdest thing somebody's asked? The weirdest thing someone's asked is, uh, do you want to know everybody's names? Like they brought me into a room like we're uh, testing out a new show. <laughs> They brought me into a room full of the writers, and they're like, hey, uh, do you want to meet everybody? It's like 10 people in there. And I was like, nah. <laughs> How could you say no? Because I came in there to, to tell jokes. I don't need to know your name, your name, your name, your name, and I don't care about you. You know what the correct answer exactly. is, though, right? You guys are writers, but I also wrote my own jokes, so right. I don't even need you for this. You're just in a room where I'm trying to get money. He said no. <laughs> it's like, nah, I'm good, bro. It's like <laughs> you walk in here, I try to introduce you to my friend, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, Kyle, like this is my friend Bob. You're like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> he just walked the other way. And it was a thing with Sony too. Like they sent me a fifty dollar check, and I was like, and this is why I didn't want to know anyone's name. <laughs> Was it worth it? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Um, <clears throat> although, like, why, why do they? It's funny because I compare that with like the way that these agents question like basketball players before they get jabbed. Like, they start asking them questions yeah. about like so their intrusive. third cousins yeah. and like Did what your mom they smoke crack. <laughs> Like all that weird stuff, man. It's I like, don't, what? You know, it's, I don't like. Is it the same thing with what you're talking about, though, as far as like trying to get a show? No, it's not that intrusive where they might just be like, like, I'm, I could say at least, like, even when I signed this deal for Snapchat, it was like, is there anything we should know about? It was one of the questions they asked me. 
And I was like, what the hell could you? And it's not like, is there anything we should know about like your dislikes? What do you like when you show up on set? It's nothing like that. They're like, is they weren't asking for your writer. They were asking me like, how many women have you raped and killed? And I'm like, none. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you guys are asking me in the nicest way possible to give you some fucked up details about my personal life but I'm an open person. There's nothing to hide. Right. So it's like even the reason why you were able to see the things that you're like, all right, let's make this private. It's because I'm open like that. I had, I was working for the government saying these crazy things. <laughs> all this stuff is out there and I'm not hiding it from a congressman. Why would I hide it from Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, man. It's just, it's a, it's a wild world, man. Like, it's a weird being, world, bro. Being in this world of like, Make your own schedule. You got to hustle as hard as you want to receive benefits and blessings. Like, it's unnatural because it's not what anybody's taught coming up. Nobody. Nobody's taught to dream outside of. That's why I hate school. Man, I love. How do you feel about school? I loved college. I, I mean, I loved every, every version of school because it was never hard. You know what I mean? Like, the work right. was never hard and it was just fun. Like, it was a social thing for me but in college is when I real like I dropped out of college with six credits left after I watched Dave Chappelle so I had never even tried stand-up and I was like I'm quitting everything because there's nowhere to perform out here I've got to get out of where were you going to school University of Missouri mm -hmm. I was like I gotta leave Mizzou there's nothing here for me quit everything quit my job at a good job uh, working for the state for like defending people getting them out of jail and all that sick quit that Moved straight to my parents' house. Like, I left my, I had a, my own townhouse and all this stuff. Left that. Moved to my parents' house. Started going to open mics. At, like, I'd show up at 8 p.m., have to sit there until 1 a.m. just to go on. And so, grinding that out, and within, <clears throat> sorry, within, like, two months, three months of that, I was like, I'm better than you guys. I need to go to New York. I need to go to L.A. I need to go somewhere where... If you're bumping me off of a show, I at least feel like, oh, well, this guy's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm better than you is what I thought to myself. And maybe I wasn't, but as of right now, I guarantee you none of those guys are at my level right now. Mm. I just made a bunch of irrational decisions that I felt passionate about. And the only reason I even think it was in me is because, like, it's put in me. That's part of who God made me. And I had to be honest with myself. Like, do I want to spend 50 years and follow my congressional internship into law school and into from law school go into a race or maybe run somebody's campaign or do i want to do the thing that makes me happiest even though i didn't even try it before i just knew it was gonna make me the happiest I've that's ever the been. coolest though like that's pretty rare it's wild it's so i wouldn't recommend it <laughs> i'll tell you that i moved to one of the most yeah. expensive cities in the world <clears throat> one of the most expensive cities in the world with a thousand dollars yeah it's crazy <laughs> it's ridiculous like it's, it's all stupid <laughs> i didn't even sell my car i just left it you just left I a just car left there? It in front of my parents house it's still there nah my brother ended up taking it to the hood it's full of bullet holes it's done <laughs> oh my god but um yeah no i mean i think you know like, the reason that I didn't like school is because I was bad at it and the work was hard. So there's a disconnect <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, this is tough. So, this isn't like the Facebook algorithm. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to work Facebook at it. algorithm was easy, man. That was like, <laughs> man, I can solve the algorithm, but I cannot solve two plus seven. 
Can't solve for X. <laughs> Cannot solve for X. Um, so that was why I hated school. And I hated school, too, because it was all, like, like you mentioned earlier, like leading everyone down the same path, mm. which I think in general is a great idea and concept. But at the yeah. same time, like ages 14 to 18 are the best years of your life because you've no overhead. Yeah. So you can test out whatever you want, that which school my- doesn't teach you. School teaches you, oh, do this, 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 and this so that you can do it later yeah. when you have overhead, like- which makes zero sense at all because the reality is 14 to 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 yeah. are the best years because if you're in high school, you've no overhead and you can mess around with whatever you want, just pass yeah. school. In college, if you're there, you literally get to figure out what your interests are and allocate all of your free time to do it and use the networks of the school and use now social media to do that. Yeah. And then afterwards, you have an overhead, you have yourself to support. And then you start getting yourself into like all these other, not problems, but like let's say you have a girlfriend, like let's say you have a pet, like let's say you know you have a family you have to you take care of or whatever. You don't get to be selfish. Correct. Yeah. You get to be the most selfish when you're younger. But I would say that was those are my and college school doesn't years. teach you that. My college years was when I got that because even in in high school, my parents are immigrants. Like school is it, right? You know what I mean. My mom's Jamaican, my dad's British, and drilled my entire life like school, 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 school. But it's like I even look at them and I see like how creative they are naturally mm-hmm. and how like like naturally funny, naturally engaging, naturally charming. Like they could have been anything in the world and they're great. They're doing fine. Mm-hmm. But it's like no one even, for example, like I would have know, loved to know like, oh, you live in Atlanta. It's one of the best cities for stand-up comedy. You are a naturally funny kid at the age of 14, 15, 16. Maybe we suggest to you go to overnight. And because it's Atlanta, you got to drive everywhere. Maybe we drive you there. But didn't happen like I had to live life in order to come to my own path and for some people that's it like when I was a kid social media wasn't popping when I was mm-hmm. 14 so right. that idea of like oh I've seen somebody become something right it's not a thing like yeah. I've seen so many people who should have their own sitcoms tours whatever that you see the people who are popping now on social media getting they didn't get it just because nobody was giving them those opportunities back then and they didn't know how to finesse right so it's like the early stages is it, any any revolution because really it's a revolution. This social media age, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And the people who and start the revolution, like your Christmas addicts. So it's like you're important to the cause, but you can't you benefit the least. Hundred percent. Yeah. I just want to first of all, can I just say I've said antithetical, right? You just want to you just want to uh, flex my analyze <laughs> the vocabulary that you've. I just pulled out Christmas addicts. <laughs> Google that. I'm not even gonna explain it. Just know when I oh, his uh, <laughs> vocabulary dictionary right now is looking thick. All I'm gonna say is I'm eloquent. <laughs> Drops the mic. Drops mic. Does first open mic. Just dishes out vocabulary <laughs> words for ten minutes. Drops the mic and leaves. Yo, Gets a standing ovation and a special. If anyone ever invites <laughs> you to an open mic, you should go. And, and do it? One. No, no, no. You think I should be on those? I think mic? less people should be doing open mics. Most of them suck. And it's hard. I should horrible. do it and just give my thoughts on like the Knicks and Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. You should have it not be funny at all. Just like pure analysis on basketball. But you wouldn't minutes. be that different from half the people there. Really? Half the people don't understand because anyone can make anything funny. 
right. if you're passionate about it. If it's, it's all true, just like so. with that too. Like to be a comedian is one thing, but to like be funny for ten minutes is another. Yeah. Well, when I say and like anyone, if you've good stories too, that helps. Oh, tremendously! It's a shortcut. I have a story uh, that I'm working on right now about the time I met Tracy Morgan. And <laughs> You've told me that story. Nah, I didn't tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you did. I told you about me meeting Tracy Morgan. I'm not gonna debrief the story here, but I yeah, feel like I it was another famous guy I told you about. Pretty sure it was Tracy Morgan. I'll tell you the Tracy Morgan story. You tell right, me if this hear. sounds familiar. Go for it. So uh, I'm pulling up to the comedy club to do a show, and Tracy Morgan's there that night. Right? He's outside the club parking his Lambo and immediately like you just see a Lambo that's going to catch your attention so I look over it's Tracy Morgan Walmart money hops up out the car and like we meet at the doorway and he's like like you know like when you when you think of Tracy Morgan he's loud he's boisterous he's random he's off the wall no two sentences go together but like he was unexpected when I met him I was like hey my name's Kyle he's like yeah man I haven't been here since I got SNL. He's like super somber in tone. And then he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm on the show. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm a young comedian. And he opens the door to the club as I say that. And he turns back around. He's like, what'd you say to me? And I was like, I'm a young comedian. He's like, shut up. And he walks into a room. It's like 20 people in the room. He's like, do you hear this silly nigga? Nobody, obviously no one heard me. <laughs> like, we were outside with a shut door. Nobody had heard me. He was like, you hear this silly nigga? He says he's a young comedian. And then, like, for some reason, people started laughing at me. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> you have told me this story. And I'm like, bro, I am a young comedian. <laughs> You're like, what did I do? <laughs> and so then, like, as he, because he's famous, people just start flooding in. So it starts with, like, 20 people. And then it ends up being, like, 50 people in a circle around <laughs> us. And Tracy Morgan's going in on me. And I'm just getting bullied in public out of nowhere. Oh my god! And I'm like, I, like I don't know what to do other than take it. <laughs> and he's like, he looks at me and he's like, "You're a young comedian. People been telling jokes since the beginning of time." He's like, "That's how Adam got the booty." Like he said, "Ha ha!" Slipped it in. <laughs> and so then he's like going in on me. Goes in, does his spot, comes back out. This lady stops. There's nothing him. you can do in that situation. I'm sitting there and people are like talking to me. And I'm just like, man, leave me the, leave me alone. Getting <laughs> bullied by one of my heroes, and so it's he, terrible. he comes back out, and he's like, uh, this lady stops him, asks him for a picture with her daughter, and then you know he obliges, he's gracious, and then she's like, hey, can you do Hustle Man for Martin? And she was like, no, nah, what you need to do is get a young comedian over there <laughs> to do one of his hit characters from one of his hit sitcoms. And I was like. <laughs> He just threw a, right. a second dagger. Right? And I was like, yo, like, what did I even do? And, like, I grew up on everything this guy made. And so then, he, like, after that, he walks back over into the circle of people who are still there. And he just starts going in on me again. He starts giving advice about stand-up, like, real good advice. Like, if you're a stand-up comedian watching this, he's like, make sure you use the stage. Take advantage of as much real estate as they give you. Be as animated and engaged and look them in the eyes. Move that mic stand to the back of the crowd. For another like 15 minutes of just coming at my ass and my girlfriend is standing right there. She's no. recording parts of no. this. No, yes. she's recording you getting roasted by your she hero? She was just like posted up by the bar watching this guy. Oh no. And she was like, I was gonna fight him, but he's famous. <laughs> but so he goes, he's, finishes his little 15 minutes they everyone literally applauds him right 
Of course. And so JC Morgan. Yeah. And so then right before Did you applaud him? Hell no. Oh. So then like like right before he's about to leave, he turns back to me and he's like, Yo, you're not gonna get by because of your looks. And I was like, Thank you. Tracy Morgan just called me cute. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. That's the punchline for the for the idea. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, come here. And he daps me up and he like pulls me in real close. And he's like, I hope you see what I was trying to do for you. And I'm like, nah, bro. I don't see it. You just roasted me in front of everyone. Upon meeting me, though. <laughs> he's like, I'm just trying to make you better, man. Young black man, I want to see you do well. And he takes it. That's nice. Yeah. And he takes a step back and he has like genuine tears in his eyes. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like he really means that shit. I was like, yo, Trace, like, why are you crying? Like, I appreciate you, but you know, it's not that serious. Like, I don't hold it against you. He's like, man, I'm not even crying. My face is horny. I'm wet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I, and he just walked out. Like, that was the time I met Tracy Morgan. Bro. That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm glad it ended the way that it did. With him leaving me in tears? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he left you? Oh, he oh, no, was. He was. He was. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to even think what, like, an equivalent of my hero roasting me would be. <laughs> it's like Christoph's poor Zingus walks up in the, uh, in the podcast. Like, I never liked you at all, man. I hate everything you've ever said <laughs> in your, your life. Your <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm not even doing your show. <laughs> <laughs> like a Birdman interview. He comes in, tries to fight you, and walks away. Yep. <laughs> Derek Jeter walks in. Man, I didn't respect you one bit. Right? I just wanted to come in here and tell it to your face. <laughs> but think about it. So, like, in your career, I would say you're f- way further ahead in your career than I am, right? Mm-hmm. You have people who everybody's dream- like everybody's dreams about working with some of the personalities and companies that you work with, and you're doing it, right? I'm at the point where I'm still, most of what I want is still dreaming. Mm. But. I've also worked with people like Tracy Morgan, Seinfeld, Leslie Jones, like stuff like that. And it's so like my career is so unique. It's the best career in the world. Where else can you be starting out and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I talked to Michael Che. We hung out. We did blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. So how much money did you get paid that night? Nothing, man. I was just happy to be there. Right. Like it's it's weird, but it's dope. But in comedy, it just takes like um, I'm trying to think. Even like like the Louis C.K.s of the world, like uh-huh. he didn't make tens of millions. He didn't make hundreds of thousands. Till how old was was he when he popped off? I would say Louis was definitely in his. By the time, well, when you say pop off, you mean like world famous. Like people start knowing his name, starts getting booked on TV. I'm, I'm going to put stuff. an ish on the end of that. Uh, all right, I'll say like Louis became world famous in his 30s. There you go. And that's after he was doing comedy for at least like 10, 15 years. And that's like, that's what it seems like it takes. To be good on stage, I would say it takes 10 years to be amazing. Well, not even to be amazing, because somebody like Tracy who's been doing it 30 is going to tell you 10 years, you just learned yourself. Like, I look at stand-up in the way that you are your age. I'm, I'm a four-year-old. I'm still a toddler. So the fact that people love what I do and I have fans and people who like actually mess with my jokes... Mm-hmm. That's like you're you're in love with a toddler. Wait till I'm a grown man. Wait till my dick's big. Like this shit's about to be amazing. But as of right now, like I'm still just I'm learning. But there's some for real killers out here and they're just bubbling on the surface, just waiting for their time. And this is the place to find them in New York. 
Yeah. Do you think New York's the best city for stand-up comedy? I'm going to tell you this. I'll, like, look for these names. Matt Richards, Nico White, Andre D. Thompson, Eagle Witt, Alex Babbitt, Kyle Pennant, Dean David. Like, these are just Abe Gallant. These are just my friends, but people who I know. Nori Davis. Like, some of them are further along in their careers than other HBO, all these other things. Some of them not, but you know, like, they you got know, it. Yeah. 80% of the battle is having it, and then 20% is luck. Yeah. That's, that's li- the only reason I even know you is because a girl I knew was like, I know a funny guy when she was trying to get hired to be a producer. And she never even got the job. <laughs> like, what happened? Like, I we met through overtime. Yeah. I got in at overtime because a girl I knew went to a job fair. She met one of their execs at a job fair. That exec told her, like, hey, come in for an interview. Interview gotcha. was like, hey, you know what? We don't think you're right for the position, but do you know anybody funny? <laughs> <laughs> that's how you came. And that's how I got into this world of like everything I make now. Like I've made a bunch of things that no one's seen. Some I've been paid for. Some I haven't filmed. But everything I film, I get paid for. Mm. And it started like there. That's good. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of random questions for you. Do you hear Kanye's new album? I love it. You did. You don't like it. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. You I liked like half of it though. See? All right. I have a I have a theory. I like I love I love like the vibe though. Big vibe fan. The vibe is black church. The vibe is great. That's what it's very, it is. Like friendly. Every, and the best part of it is like all the criticisms and people are against it is because like this is a part of my culture that has not gone mainstream. Mm. I I enjoy having something that white people don't fully grasp. And it's nothing positive or negative about it. It's just like sometimes you just like having things, mm. right? Like it's like slang, right? But, or even dances. By the time Hillary Clinton hit the dab, it was dead. I we but we I enjoyed forgot it. she even hit the dab. We That's enjoyed crazy. the dab. Yeah, I love the dab. But who killed it? I haven't dabbed in like quite some time. I'm feeling like a little <laughs> bit of a. It's dead. <laughs> I thought about it. I didn't. I let you do it. <laughs> But it's just culture, because that's, more than anything, that's what we export in entertainment. Any of your favorite entertainers, if you rock with them heavy, they're giving you their life, and their life is embedded in their culture. Mm. So you like the album? Love it. Favorite song on it? Every Hour. Okay. First song on it, and it's just... It's a, like 48 seconds, right? It's, maybe, it's a little bit longer than maybe like two minutes. Oh. Too short, in my opinion. But it's just a, it's a classic worship song. And like even even in that, it's like I appreciate that because now we're having like why would I be talking to you on this podcast that's sports central and Buster central? Now we're having a religion conversation where I don't think we've ever had it. Never, we have not had a religion conversation. We've never just been like, yeah, yeah, I love I love worship music. (laughs) Like like just the fact that that's a part of yeah, just I mean, just because of Kanye. Yeah, just like that's the only even if you're against everything that he's done in the past the fact that like if you say this is part of your religion and now he's sparking conversations about jesus and all these other things how could you not be he's sparking a it? lot of conversations yeah which is cool it helps it's spread the message 
whether you're receptive to it or not. Yeah. That's mean, my opinion. Is like at the know, end of the day, like, you know, whether you believe in whatever or don't, it's yeah. a positive message. It's yeah. like a message of love and whatnot. It's cool. I at like its it. base, that's all it is. Yeah, and it's dope vibes and beats and lyrics and chick-fil-a's and it's fire uh, that's i don't like clothes on sunday you don't like that one yeah it, it's just i don't know that it's one, like that's like real kanye nah that's trash i can't <laughs> i downloaded the whole album i had to delete that song um yeah there there are some overall i like the the general vibe of it it's great yeah yeah what's the greatest album of all time my opinion yeah i don't i don't i'm not justified to give my thoughts because what? i've i've got a lot more to learn but my oh, favorite your, my favorite, favorite albums i mean astro world i liked a lot and like being around those guys a bunch um chase was our last guest on the podcast yeah that was dope um so i really like those guys and dave travis's manager went to my high school so like, ah. there like there are some reasons that i like apart from just the music although i love the music uh-huh. why i like the vibe yeah. of like the whole thing because it's all about what you're exposed to. I've loved Drake, you know, uh-huh. listen to Drake since, since I was in like seventh, eighth grade. Um, yeah, go through phases. Like I like Logic a lot. Yeah, there are a bunch of dudes that I like a lot. My favorite album of all time is Rodeo, mm. Travis Scott. It's the, and I think like it, it helped like the process I was going through when that album came out was me quit, like I was quitting everything and starting stand-up and that's what i played on the way to shows and then on the way home that's what i played like driving. it's all about like association what i've what i've learned like yeah the emotions certain, i remember like the jay-z justin timberlake album like i have a lot of like associations with that and like yeah. summer and being young like it's all about what you have associations to it's honestly a very little to do with the music usually it's just about when you listen to them when i listen to late registration i remember skipping class <laughs> I used to listen to it every time I skipped class. It's so funny. And it it just makes me feel good. I think of fighter jets and skipping class because I used to go play on a fighter jet when I skipped this particular funny. class. <laughs> Have you been following the N- NBA so far this season? I've been fairly upon it. I, I saw the headlock. <laughs> who, who are you? <laughs> it's not going to make as much sense because this comes out in like a week or two, but uh-huh. who are you following right now? Like who, Who's your favorite team in the league right now? Oh, it's always the Celtics. It's always the Celtics? Yeah, How do you feel about the Celtics right now with Kemba and whatnot? Mm, I'm not ecstatic. I think losing Horford was probably, man, everybody was Worse focused on. Worse than Kyrie? Yeah, everyone was focused on Kyrie. But they got but Kemba, so that just flipped, and they was, lost the negatives of Kyrie. Yeah, and we lost Horford. And Horford's that, tough. Because I'm from Atlanta. Like I love the Hawks. They used to be my sleeper team in 2K. Oh, like, so you used to watch Al back in the day yeah. when they had that Jeff Teague, Paul Millsap, Bro, the year Kyle that they Korver. won the Eastern Conference. Or not won the Eastern Conference. They had the best record they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. And then they got swept by, the, uh, by Miami, was it? Or was it Cleveland? I honestly don't remember. I remember it was LeBron. It was probably. <laughs> right. That's what I remember. <laughs> it's always LeBron. LeBron, before this past year, had been in the NBA Finals nine straight yeah. times. So and if, that, man, it's. I think the Hawks, or not even the Hawks, I think Atlanta sold its soul for music. Like, we can't succeed in anything but good music. Like, we have great all, music, though. The rappers great are music, heat, though. But then we're up on the Patriots. Like, <laughs> right. We have an opportunity to knock the Cardinals out. Like, there's always something about Atlanta that's just sports are doomed and we sold our soul, man. So, who do you think wins the title this year in the NBA? In all seriousness, I'm. I don't even. Jokes know. aside, 
I can tell you who I expect to see in the finals, but who okay. do I think will win is Who do you expect ridiculous. to see in the finals? I expect to see the Clippers. Yep. And on the Eastern Conference side, I'm, I might still be rocking with the Raptors, man. No. Yeah. No, you didn't on just some say dark, that. On some dark horse. Wow. Like, they got a lot to prove. I'm going to say Kawhi. Giannis. Giannis wants it really bad. Oh, I can could, I could see that yeah, in five Bucks. seconds. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. That makes more sense than the Raptors. Yeah, a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see the Raptors. Philadelphia, too. I mean, Philly is Oh, hungry. Philly, absolutely. But also, I don't know. I don't. Something about Philadelphia doesn't make me believe in them, and I don't know what. Really? I don't know what it is because they're on paper should be fire. And that, that's been that way for, like, the last two, three years. Who do you have winning MVP this year? LeBron. Yeah? I'd be, honestly. You've LeBron in his 17th season winning wrong? MVP. What's wrong with. You know I mean, why? he's a teammate who has better statistics than his, let alone now, other players. But in the I think that's because LeBron. Do you remember when LeBron first went to Miami and he had that thing where he said, uh, you know, this is D Wade's team? We got to figure it out that way. And they weren't as successful as they could have been until LeBron was like, actually, I run the show. And D Wade, you're my boy, but take a back seat. I don't think anybody, maybe maybe right now you, you could argue that, but last year, would you say Anthony Davis was better than LeBron? Anthony Davis was injured for the majority of the season, yeah, and he was also s- in New Orleans. But would you say he was no. better than LeBron? The year before that? Never. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I still think LeBron, until proven otherwise, That's is better point. than Anthony Davis. That's a fair point. So you think LeBron's inevitably going to make the switch he has again to. In year 17 of his career, because it's not like it's year 10, which it was in Miami. But he, he's a freak of nature, bro. Like, you can't compare him to anybody else, because year 17, you should be playing limited minutes. <laughs> he's playing 35 games. This is what I'm saying. Like, LeBron is still that dude. Yeah. His body, I think his body was so far ahead of everybody that him losing a step is him being just better than you instead of outrageously better mm. than you. So the company that sponsors this podcast is called Playline. Their whole Sexy. thing is like guessing players stats so what do you think lebron puts up this year this year i'll say he's gonna need at least 10 rebounds probably eight assists and somewhere in the 25 to 27 point range interesting do you think that's enough to an mvp why not who do you i honestly james harden's still gonna put up say they might those one of those two james harden and westbrook might be the only ones who's genuinely going to challenge him in terms of team success and individual success and that's because i think you saw it he said it's coming out later but yesterday they barely barely won and they both put up astronomical performances yeah like i was telling you about playline our very first sponsor for the podcast they have a really cool million dollar challenge where all you have to do is enter a couple player statistics literally enter a couple player statistics and have a chance to win a million dollars if you get them all right if you get them all right you win a million dollars but beyond that We have a challenge where you don't have to get them all right. You just have to get them closer than I do. So every single week, I enter my predictions for how I think the three players each week, like LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, for example, are going to perform points, rebounds, assists. And then if you get closer than I did, you're entered to win in the Beat Buster giveaway every single week. So this week, we're going to be giving away a signed James Harden jersey. So all you have to do is enter. So you go to playline.com. And then use the promo code Buster when you put in $5 because you get $25 free. And then you can enter to win. And if you win, you win. Great. You got to buy us tickets to go courtside to a game or something. That'd be great. Um, but even if you don't, if you do better than I did, you're entered to win our weekly giveaway. We're going to have tons of prizes every single week. So it's a kind of a win-win. 
if you win. But you'll probably win. Let's see. Enter. Playline.com. Use the promo code BUSTER. And uh, enter the Beat Buster Challenge. I'd appreciate it. It's fun. Just get some player stats. Basketball talk, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. Do it. It was a 150-plus point yeah, game oh, on yeah, both ends. Oh, yeah, but that's ends. the other part. There was no defense, but they they <laughs> <laughs> they needed, like, a crazy output from each one of them right. just to win by one point. And I could see that being the trend for them. That's scary for the NBA, though, that you can have a 150-point game in regulation. I think it is. I, I actually want to see 200 points. I've wanted to see that since I started playing, like, NBA Live. It's before happened before. It's happened. Who scored 200 points in a in game? In, like, the 70s in, like, a quintuple overtime game. <laughs> I want to – and the thing about it, if they did go to, like, triple overtime easily. They oh, they would have. They would have had 200, and they could have – No doubt. If, let's say – let's bring out the calculator. This here's where a school didn't come in handy. Let's say mm-hmm. that they scored 150 points in 48 minutes. Yeah. So we add – we need – about 40 points. We're math. We need to do quarter. 150 divided by – 48, that's three points a minute, okay. roughly. Um, so now we add 15 times three, that's 45. 155 plus 45, that's 200 points. Boom. Dead on. <laughs> Who am I pointing at? <laughs> also, the funny thing that I, whenever I think about school, it's always like, you know, like, yeah, I took like algebra for two years and did terrible at it. Like I took Spanish. Never once in my life has somebody come up to me on the street and been like, you cannot come into this event and do your job unless you solve this algebraic equation or tell me back this sentence in Spanish. <laughs> See, I, our, I think our lives are way different in, in terms of like a lot of what I learned in school has greatly shaped the way I talk about things. Really? Yeah. Like the fact that so I'm working on a joke right now that's about the prison industrial complex. I learned about that in college. Probably would have learned about it way later. Mm. But because I have brothers who are felons, mm. it's something that I actually like, oh, this is a situation that's personal to me. It's, it's important to me. It's important to my community and also at large. Just the fact that it's almost like what the NCAA was until like a couple of days ago. Just right. straight slave labor and right. profits on the other end of mm-hmm. it. But Which is good that they're switching now, finally. Yeah, because I've been saying that for years. Yeah, I, I used crazy. to get emails for calling them slaves. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, on the show? <laughs> I'll take that out. <laughs> like, you can't say that. You cannot refer to Zion Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that. Like, even uh, I, I have a sketch that's probably going to come out, hopefully, fairly soon, about the owner system. Where, like, you don't call the guy who owns this building. He wouldn't be like, hey... I'm your owner. Mm. You know what I mean? If you go to, a, if you work at Starbucks, the guy who runs that franchise isn't your owner. He's the he's the owner of the franchise, but he's not the team owner. Mm-hmm. Like it's a team of employees, and you're saying you own people when you say you own a team. To say you own a franchise, way different than saying you own a person. That's what they 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 switched that in the NBA. Yeah, now they call them uh, man. Is it? It's not managers. It's something. It's like t- it's not presidents either. No, nah, it's something. They they just made up BS. But even then, that's an NBA thing. But we're still gonna do that in baseball. You have managers who answer to the owners. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, is that stuff and even like logic, like because like I was taking like preparing for the LSAT and all that, knowing like logic is a big part of that. 
And that's what we use, the transitive property that you learn in geometry, mm -hmm. saying like, because A is A and B is B, then C yeah. must be C. For sure. And I, I think, you know, like for me, it was all just about like, like here are my interests. Yeah. Let me not surround myself with things that I'm not interested in. Just go all in on like getting myself around the best people at what I want to do. Yeah. So that's is, what I did. But um, it's a great way to learn, like to learn anything. Get around somebody who inspires you, man. Yeah. hundred percent. Not even just inspires you is way better at it. than Yeah. You. They're better at it. They're smarter at it. Like you don't get good at basketball playing against guys at your level. Right. You don't. The reason why I, I think the reason why whenever I came into school, I was faster than most of the kids my age and I'm shorter than you, but I can jump very high <laughs> is because I played against all older kids. Right. That's how I grew up. Like the reason you can't block my layup is because you're my height and I'm used to shooting it over somebody who's six, six. Mm -hmm. And you, you just could never like I remember like even as a kid, you look at me, I was five, two as a freshman but you can't, no one's fucking with me. Right. It's just not going to happen. And that the reason, yeah. like, I was almost like a, uh, I guess like Isaiah Thomas, like, you look at him, you're like, you shouldn't be here. Like it's true. It's kind of like the best advice for anybody is, like, whatever you're doing, just make sure that you're, the people you spend the most time with are better at it than you. Play on all Madden. Right. <laughs> that is, Justin like that one. <laughs> Big Madden player. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Proper also, advice. I just want to say there's a secret league out here involving uh my man Justice Winslow and his brother Josh. They have a Madden league where you have like for real games that you gotta play. And it's harder than Madden. Hmm? It's harder than Madden because they adjust the sliders to a point where they're like, you couldn't actually do this in real life, so we're gonna take that away from you. Wow. It's harder. It's almost like, do you remember like when the NCAA had sports games and those are way more technical yeah, than all the What was the last games? year? Like 2012, 2011? Somewhere around there. Like yeah. They cut those off a while ago. Probably around the time like NBA Live started falling off. Yeah. And it's like. And it's officially gone now. Yeah. As of yesterday. It should have never came back, honestly. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Although they spent a ton of money on influencers, so blessings to them. Apart <laughs> 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 from that. <laughs> Dude, Buster said, I haven't paid rent in six months off of that. <laughs> blessings, uh, friend. Go in peace. Blessings. <laughs> I will support when they come back. <laughs> um, but, you know, 2K, 2K is the best. It's not even close. It is now, but honestly, I used to prefer it. The reason I stopped playing live, live, the reason I stopped playing it was because they went like a year where they lapsed. Like, live stopped making a game, and 2K just kept pushing, 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 pushing. And in that gap, I was like, I have no choice. I got to play 2K. And then I was like, why would I go back to you? You betrayed me, nigga. I loved you, and you left me. You sound like 2K. Kanye West. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a really funny tweet the other day. It was Taylor Swift is being honored as the, like, all-decade artist at the at Which the American decade? Music Awards <laughs> in this past decade, so the last the 2010 to 2020, mm -hmm. and uh, all of the top responses. I don't know what type of Twitter they were from, but they were hilarious. <laughs> sounds black. And, <laughs> and it was just all people like Kanye was licking his lips right now. <laughs> He's about to jump on stage. 
Because you know, like Taylor Swift, she's not even the best white woman, let alone better than Beyonce. I'm I'm not gonna comment on that. All I know is that she's. I think she made the most money out of any artist. Is that the qualification for being the artist of the decade? When it's ratings concerned, yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's what the award show is. Right? But also, that award is insulting to everyone who's better than her that didn't win it. Fair. But even then, I would say Kanye West, I mean, he can sell. I think it's female artist, though. Oh, best female artist. In my mind, of the (laughs) decade, it's Rihanna or Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, they're all great artists. Yeah, and there's nothing, that's not like shade to Taylor Swift, but it's. Come on. He's man. not stealing Taylor Swift's mic right now. Nah, it's too much mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be at the BET Awards, man. I'm never going to the American Music Awards. Yeah, I don't even watch any of these awards. I've I only... listen to the music and that's it. That's all that you're meant to do. And if you like somebody, go support them personally. Go see their show. Go yeah. buy their tickets from them. Yeah. And buy their merch. That's that. I think I'm I'm thinking differently though. Because I know certain things mean a lot. So, like, Lil Duval, a guy, he's the first comedian I ever saw live. He's hilarious. I follow him on Instagram. Amazing, dude. That's how long I've been following him. Since I saw him, his live show, just straight stand-up, was so good. I said I had to follow him. And this is back when he's wearing, he had a toilet chain. Like, he had a diamond-encrusted toilet. And then you could lift up the seat, and there was more diamonds inside the toilet. Savage. Like, Lil Duval was wild, man, back in the day. And just somebody who you know, like, your talent is so amazing. I hope nothing but the best comes to you. And then when it does, like, when I get to see him host an award show that means something to my culture, like, I'm all for it. Right. Because he's he's giving you things like basic bitch, and he's giving you things like... He came up with that? He coined the phrase. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And nobody knows that because he's the kind of guy who who will create something and just put it out into the ecosystem and say, like, I mean, yeah, I did it, but it doesn't like what that mouth do. You've heard that before. Yeah. It's his his line. Hmm. And people just take it and run with it because he's the kind of guy who's just like he's it's so cool with that. Yeah. It's just a part of him. The things that he does, people want to be a part of. And the things that he says, they're so unique. That you're like, holy smokes, like I gotta That makes me like him a lot more. I didn't even know he was a, a stand up, which is crazy. Yeah. I've just bro. like I've been following him on Instagram for the longest. He's one of the and first every single post I'm actually laughing. Which I don't to any meme accounts nowadays. <laughs> he's Literally. genuinely funny though. Because yeah. even if he posts someone else's meme, his caption is gonna make that meme <laughs> more fire. Ten times better. Yeah, he's a he's a comedic genius. He's like I think he's he's emotional and like just just standard intelligent he's a street smart dude and you can like learn a lot from the things he's saying but even more than that like he's one of the first people to ever start making uh uh social media sketches hmm. one of the first he's he was selling sketches on dvds he was selling sketches on dvds, on DVDs i didn't even man. know that was a thing that's like, so baller the hustle is real and to see like that flourish into something else no sir i don't want your mixtape yeah. My mixtape? <laughs> what are you talking about a mixtape? This is a vine. <laughs> <laughs> got 12 vines on VHS. <laughs> you don't watch these. <laughs> yeah. In 2020, selling their vines on a CD. 
<laughs> that's a that's a funny idea for a sketch. You should, you should make a sketch out of him selling vines selling on vines. CDs. <laughs> Old that's school, funny. man. Most people don't even know what CDs are. I saw. Uh, really? ESPN no, I don't believe thing, that. Uh, Name the nineties. Yeah, but that's with like kids. But they're like eighteen. Are, really? They don't know what CDs are. Don't know. Like like he pulled out uh, the disc player. You know the one you open it up, you carry it with mm-hmm. you. I had that when I was young. Yeah. You're old now, bro. I'm old, bro. I'm, I just turned 19. I'm washed. Old as shit now. <laughs> washed, bro. Should call it a day. Yeah, but you hang out with too many adults, man. That's, That's your true. problem. Like, you got to know what these things are. <laughs> yeah, well, I do know what CDs are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I write up the uh, some of my notes for the podcast on a typewriter. I don't believe you. But also, that would be like a super hipster thing to do. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not hipster like yeah, that. I didn't like, do I can see somebody your age, like <laughs> Buster. <laughs> like I write my notes on a typewriter too. There's those people who have a bunch of records in their house and right. just like, yeah, I, I really like listening to Michael Jackson's Thriller. You know what's on Spotify, bro? Yeah. <laughs> there might not be now, Michael Jackson. I have one record actually. Really? Guess what it is? Rodeo. Travis Scott's rodeo is the only one I have. There you go. Did you buy it from him or from like? Nah, I bought it on like. I think I spotted like Urban Outfitters. You know what's so crazy? That's how they get number one through pre-selling records and and digital copies. Because they'll sell a week before it comes out digitally, or they'll sell it right when it drops. And for every digital copy you sell, it's equivalent to fifteen hundred streams. So you can have a number one hit before your song comes out. Bro, Travis changed the merch game with changed. his last release. Or well, not his last, release, his last album release. I bought Astroworld merch, and it came everything you buy, whether you buy one or two individual. Because he's he's so smart in not dropping everything all at once, right? Because if you buy something one day and buy something the next day, it's all packaged together. You get one copy of the album. So with him spacing out his merch, you had you got multiple copies just for buying shit you would have bought all at once. And then on top of that, it's like no comedians doing that yet. Like you comedians don't you take their white space for that. For good merch for a comedian. Yeah, I've it's, never seen a comedian's merch. I mean, it's the same things you'd sell if you rapped, t-shirts. But it's not dope. Like Astro World merch is dope. That's it, bro. Comedians are, haven't found a way. I'm surprised somebody like it, Kevin dude. hasn't. Like at all. He did shoes. Dude, he had but that's very dope, different. Uh, I want to say he had a dope hoodie. For his last thing, but I never went to. I just saw like every now and then. I'd I've see never one. seen him live before. I've never seen him live. I've either. never I'm trying to think if I've ever seen anybody that I like in stand up comedy live. I've well, oftentimes I'm not old enough to even get in the places because oh, yeah, you're just plus. now there, yeah. Um, so that's probably part of it. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to even think. I mean, the best people, if you had the opportunity to watch any comedians right now, I would say you got to see Dimitri Martin, John Mulaney. Uh, my bro- my younger brother has seen John like three times live. He's like, he's hilarious. Dude, a beast. A <laughs> beast. He's he's amazing. It's all very clean, too. But yeah. like clean, like edge of clean. Like it's the perfect. He has a joke about Donald Trump where he never once says his name. And it's the best Trump joke I've ever heard. And I've heard literally, without exaggerating, hours of different Trump jokes. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you for a fact, the most genius thing, where he talks about a horse in a hospital. And that's how he relates Trump 
to America. And whether you agree with it or not, it's just like that. It's brilliant. It's he's super smart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think the guys that I want to see the most. I'd obviously love to see Chappelle one day. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. I've seen him twice. Each time better than the last. I want to see the one show I want to see is Joe Rogan and Chappelle together. That if would you be could, well. You can afford it. <laughs> that would be crazy. You can afford it. those tickets are going to be crazy. They for do. Good They've seats. done it before. Yeah, yeah, they set a record for. Uh, I think it was like the most in Oklahoma. I want to say most people who ever attended a live stand-up performance ever. Yeah, because they did. They did it together. This was in over like the a summer. coliseum, right? Yeah. Whoa! Killed it, and it, and it's unsurprising. It's so crazy, and it's cra- the, I think the craziest part of it is. I could never see the Fear Factor guy turning into what Joe Rogan is now. He's one of the people that inspired this podcast, 100%. But, and that's, bro, when I was growing up, the first time Joe Rogan entered into America's consciousness was as a guy who was getting you to eat moose penis. And now... (laughs) I didn't even know that guy either. I discovered him completely through highlights on YouTube. Which is, bro, have you seen... Which is how 99% of people... I've seen it in retrospect. Have you seen the Chappelle skit about it? Yeah, I have. Bro, it's really funny where yeah. he's like lying down. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's like, it's, and stuff like that where you see like, all right, you were bubbling. And at that time, Joe, I guess, started to slow down. And Chappelle, of course, he's on top of the world. And now they both basically like met in the middle on some Benjamin Button stuff. And they're both, but their middle is the upper echelon of entertainment. And now because we've been friends for so long and we've established this working relationship and personal relationship that's so cohesive, how could we not do this show on the road together? Hmm. So who are your top five comedians if you're going to see, if you're going to go to a show, mm-hmm. no budget? No budget. Uh, I mean, first of all, I just want to say the perks of being a stand-up comedian is most shows are free. But uh, anybody that I can see right now, I'm going to go pay to see... Dave Chappelle. I'm going to see my guy, Nico White, who is one of the best. Honestly, if he's not a future legend, I'd be surprised. I'm going to see Chris Rock. I'm going to see... Damn, this is hard, man. If I, All right, who did I say? I said Dave Chappelle, Nico, Chris. John Mulaney. I don't know. I mean, Gerard Carmichael, maybe. And that's, he's just a guy who I, I relate to Carmichael so much. He's the only comedian who I lose material to. Really? I see him perform and I've, I've thrown away things because I'm like, we had the exact same thought. Yours, you just said it better and you said it on a national stage. So now if I do it, I'm doing Carmichael's joke. Right. I know I have a joke about family feud right now that I feel like if I don't get it off my chest in six months, Maybe to a year, he's going to drop his special, and I can never tell it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's good. Like, to see, like, I got to push myself that much harder to where it's, like, somebody who I think our sensibilities align, but we got to be distinctly original no matter what. Yeah, you have to be in, because that's yeah. all you have. Yeah, because the premise is simple. I think it's one, the best premises are stuff that's in your face that you just, no one else has seen. Right. So the premise of my, of our Family Feud jokes are... <laughs> that family feud makes you more racist because you never root for the other family when your race is on family feud. <laughs> That's funny. Simple. That's funny. Everyone can agree with it. Easily like digestible. You don't got to yeah. explain too much. Nothing. You but, gave it right there in like 10 words. Yeah. 
And I think my version's better because it goes deeper. His goes deeper. But if he puts his out first, I'm doing his joke. Mm. So comedy's crazy, man. Comedy's crazy. <laughs> you can't sample. Somebody. Also, one of the crazy things that I've heard a bunch of is like writers for TV shows that'll go listen to like small stand-ups and then just take their jokes and turn them into skits. Yeah. Yeah. They're it's rats. crazy. They're foul. They're scum of the earth. Honestly, it's the most offensive thing. Even when comedians do it, too. Like, even then, it's like cannibalism, and you should be exiled from society because it's the dirtiest. You don't know how long. Like, that family feud joke I just told you, I've been working on that for three of my four stand-up years. Now, it's going to hurt me to not put that out. I got to just film it and put it on, like, Instagram or something so I can say I've made it first. Mm -hmm. But... If anybody, like, took that joke from me, other than him, like, if you were a New York comedian, I've done shows with you, and now I saw you doing the version of my joke that he did, who's from L.A., it's never seen me perform, I would be incensed, bro. We got to fight. Of course. We got to fight right then and there, because you just took three years of my work, right? and, and you portrayed it as your own. And you, Yeah, like, I've heard a lot of people doing that in L.A., especially. I hope not. It's crazy. But... How do you think? How do you think about Joe Rogan as a comedian? I'm honestly, curious what your thoughts are. I've I've never seen too much of his stuff. I love the podcast because the conversations are so crazy and in depth, and also intriguing. That it's so different too. Like everyone you can put is out different. A three hour version of anything, and everybody's down for it weekly. <laughs> Not weekly, almost daily. Yeah, like it's. It doesn't like logically if you were to. Tell somebody, like, set your social media up like this. You wouldn't say, make your videos three hours of conversation. <laughs> it's not optimized. It's an absurd way Honestly, I've never thought of this before. I think he might have the highest watch time in the history of YouTube. It's got to be. Who, who else has more? <laughs> right. PewDiePie does not put out three hours. He puts out 10-minute videos every day and gets four or five X. But yeah, three hour and then highlights on top of that. I've double watched episodes. I probably watched the Elon one two times. You know, it's like... Bro, I'm interested in the Snowden episode. I haven't watched it, but yeah, I'm I got a notification for that. One. I mean, what's cool about his too, and you know why? Like, you know, I'm super pumped that you know I'm starting stuff like this at a younger yeah. age. Is like, imagine if he did it. Like, he started at age 47. The podcast, yeah, yeah. You know, but imagine he didn't have if, the opportunity because right, remember when right. he's your age, it's just radio. Or you got to get on ABC or something if you want to be a successful. But comedian. I'm saying, imagine. That's what, yeah. Having the 40 years of backlog footage. Exactly, crazy. bro. Like it's such a. One of the things I love to do is the people who I who I look up to and I admire. I like to watch old interviews of them. See what your mindset was at 20. What kind of things were you talking about, and how is that propelling you mm-hmm. to the point where I eventually learned to love you? Right. Somebody recommended something to me last night, which I'll say on the podcast. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There's a documentary about him on Netflix. And, the head and I was being, I don't know about that. I don't know anything about him. All I know is uh-huh. that like I thought he was super cocky. And then I talked last night with this uh, football trainer. He trains a lot of the top guys uh, overseas in Europe and France. Good for you for saying and, football. <laughs> and thank you. And he was telling me, like, no, he's, he's really not cocky. He believes in everything he says truthfully, and he does mm. a lot of great work. Mm. Go watch this documentary, because at age 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, he's talking the same exact way that he is now mm-hmm. when he had nothing. Yeah. 
It's like, you know what I think Kawhi's inner monologue is? I, I gotta believe it's the exact same thing that I've had like my entire time. Before I go on stage, I literally like, I say a quick prayer. I'm like, keep me funny, God. And then I'm like, <laughs> keep me funny. That's it. Keep me funny. And One, two, three, funny. <laughs> me, Jesus, and God. Break. <laughs> but then it's like, after that, I start pumping myself up. I'm like, I'm the greatest comedian they've never seen. <laughs> like, nobody knows what they're about to walk into. And I got to believe that Kawhi has that in him because you have to be on that level of narcissism and self-belief to propel yourself to greatness, I think. Kawhi, Kawhi has a lot of crazy stuff going for him, too. Oh, you mean, like, the size like, of his hands and all this, like, natural-born <laughs> things he couldn't avoid? Well, that, that definitely doesn't hurt. His mindset's on point, though, I agree. It has like it's to be. So like on point. He's my, I don't think anybody excels to that level, and you don't say, like, I'm better than you. I deserve to take this shot. That's the reason I'm not going to pass the ball. Or I deserve to bring the ball up the court because I can dribble better than you. I can dribble. At a point, though, like if you're already in the NBA. Yeah. Because that's still crazy. Like I, I, I truly believe there are a lot of guys in the NBA that don't want to take the last shot. But how do you – all right, so how do you get picked like second round in the NBA draft and then become Manu Ginobili? How do you become Isaiah Thomas? Last pick. Those guys Nobody, have it. You got Those guys have it. You have to have it. But there are a lot of guys that don't, yeah. I think. Because their goal is to make it to the NBA, and then once they make it, there's a weird disconnect. That's always it, man. But that's another thing where we, we were talking about dreaming outside of. You didn't dream outside of what could happen if I made it to the NBA. You just dreamt, like, I could be this. And then you became that, and where do you go? It's a problem a lot of people struggle with. It's like they have a goal, and then they come close to achieving it or achieve a piece of it or whatever. Yeah. That's it? As far as I know, I'm never going to achieve any of my goals. Yeah, I don't. I don't... I don't have goals in the same what? way. It's like in the same way, you know, like there's not, it's just progression. That's all it is. Yeah. It's all progression. But my, my ultimate goal is like, I, I could see myself retiring after like a second stand of special in the way Eddie Murphy did because my goal is to become one of the goats, right? Mm -hmm. He became one after it only took him two stand of specials. He's one of the goats. And he was just like, well, I achieved my goal. Right. I don't know if I could get there in two. You know what I mean? And right. it's damn near impossible. That guy's an anomaly, an anomaly. And because of that, it's like I'm always going to be working towards. Yeah. Because even now, like, I know for a fact I'm better than some comedians. But right. I have to compare myself to the guys I want to be. And I'm like, I'm trash. Right. I can't believe people pay me for this. I am horrible. <laughs> and I just got to get better. Right. And, and if that's you all it is. It's like you don't 10, have that, like, how do you get successful in anything? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like my version of goals are all, like, project-specific, right? Uh -huh. So for, like, this podcast, the number one guy I want on is Obama. And I just want to talk basketball with Obama That'd for an cool. hour. Yeah. That's it. That's the goal. So it's like, all right, cool. But you came close today, but. Right. I came very close today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's going to say a lot of the same things that you're saying. Right. <laughs> he's going to tell you his Tracy Morgan story. <laughs> And then he called me a test tube baby. <laughs> and let me let me tell you this real quick. Uh, I was uh, I was a huge Chicago Bulls fan. Tracy Morgan told me <laughs> that I should uh, I should go f myself. Is that is that how the kids say it these days? <laughs> I should just when when I don't get Obama on, I should just be Obama on the other end of the mic. If you ever want an audio 
God to just come in and sound like Obama for you. Talk to me. I know this. this <laughs> Yo, is you know a guy. This, there's this white kid named Matt Friend. I will pass respectfully, but <laughs> shout but out to Matt. The absolute best Obama voice you will ever hear. He's That's only good. like 19. The best Obama voice you could ever do. Respect. That's but impressive. Also, Matt, hey, I did shout you out. So uh, you can't do shit for me yet, but one day, hopefully. That's big <laughs> time. Repay the favor. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my man, thank you for coming on. Always Kyle Penn and everybody, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Kyle Pennant on everything. Uh, you could watch me on Snapchat every week. You can catch up on old episodes. They never delete, man. I'm on the Discover page. <laughs> they there. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we'll see you next time. Leave a rating, subscribe, text me at 917-970-2200. I'll see you guys later. Peace. <laughs>